Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. Ooh, so assertive this week. Make your mistake. This week, we welcome you to our 200th 200? episode. Wow. We are going to do nothing about that except mention that it's our 200th episode, and that's kind of a big deal. That is a big deal. My gosh, I've, I've been so committed. <laughs> you I'm have been happy. so committed. I, I'm something I've succeeded at. Yes. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Well, Look thank at you, you putting all this together and, and carrying it out to 200 episodes. 200 episodes. And that's a wrap, folks. We're done. No, okay. <laughs> it's right in the middle of a, it is episode four of ten. We're ten finished. We're, we're out. Uh, so it's only episode 197, I think, of mm-hmm. Stephen King. Or, nine, or not, no, that can't be right. 197, good that God. That doesn't even make sense. I, I can <laughs> I imagine don't know what episode I 97. I don't know what I just said. Here, I can find out. Hold okay. on, let me find out what which what number Stephen King episode we are in. Oh, I can uh one twenty eight. Hundred and twenty eighth Stephen King episode, two uh, hundredth episode overall. So there you go. Stephen King has dominated our lives. Indeed. Well, it was a pretty good idea I had. Yes it was. Thanks, yo. Alright. Uh before we get started into this week and episode four of Chapel Wait called the promised, where uh, we get some answers already. Are we worth four episodes into ten, and we've got some actual legitimate answers happening? The pacing of this show is way better than the pacing of some other shows that we watched. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, how was your week? Any thoughts on two hundred other than oh, neat? Well, 200. I don't know. I really have to digest that one. That's a lot of a lot of time. I mean, that's. 200 That's four hours. four years. More it's, than 200 hours that we Yeah, on. I would argue close to 300 probably. Right. Given, and of course more for you because you're editing the program and you're... Oh, yeah. You're oh, I just mean together. of recorded content. Yeah. I don't mean of my time. Of my time, think about that and then think about how everything we watch is an hour, two hours. Mm-hmm. And I would say that combined man hours, every single one of those Person episodes... Hours. Yes, you're right. Person hours. Thank you for gendering it. Doing most of the work. <laughs> it's probably eight hours of time altogether. Mm-hmm. So, sixteen hundred hours. Wow! Yay! Look at that. Does that mean that we've achieved mastery of something? How many? I think it's ten thousand. Oh, so we okay. got a ways to go. <laughs> well, we do have our other show, so right. we could probably we're probably at two thousand hours of podcasting. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. That's so, great. Together, I think mm. you're probably at five hundred, and I'm probably at fifteen hundred. Yeah, you do other podcasts. Do you guest on other podcasts? I do, do but like, also I do all of mm. the post production stuff. So, how's what's changed for you in the last four years since you've been doing this? What do you mean? I mean, what? How has this changed you, the experience of being a podcaster and being a consistent one? You know, I, I've, I've actually been really enthusiastic about podcasts, and then 10 episodes later, they completely yeah. fade out of existence. Most and... podcasts don't make it to 200 episodes, wow. for sure. Mm-hmm. Most podcasts also don't have necess- – well, okay, our listenership is small, mm-hmm. but – Select and highly it's intelligent. There. That's mm-hmm. right. It's selected. I'm really good looking, I'm sure. Fantastic. It yes. is top specimens of humanity yes. across the world. As a matter board. of fact, if the world was being destroyed, 
our listeners would be the people sent in a spaceship. That's right. An, a, a, an ark we, to preserve the we very will preserve best of humanity. humanity. Yes. That's right. Yes. Uh, the choice will be based on our listeners. So another reason to get your really, really good friends to to join and listen. <laughs> so yes, exactly. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. If if for no other reason, get them to subscribe so that they can come along. Rocket on the ship arc. that will save the human race and yes. preserve us for when the sun explodes. Or when worlds collide. I can't remember which one happened. But well, anyhow. So it could be literally anything. Yeah, it could be both. So, uh, yeah. What's changed? I don't know. I, I just have a thing to do every week, and I make sure I do it. I like, See, look at that. I like consistency. The zen <laughs> of what you've just described impresses me. I mean... I have something to do, and I do it. Like On oh Mondays, God. we record. On Tuesdays, I edit. <laughs> Sometimes on, on Wednesdays, Wednesdays I post. edit. On Thursdays, I try and remember to post in the a.m. and not the p.m., even though everything's ready to go, because I'm afraid of making an auto thing on Facebook. I still haven't learned to automate that stuff. What's amazing to me is that this has not been a static four years for us either. Oh, no. We've been all over the place. Yes. there's the, There has been some amazing personal upheavals for both of us. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of changes. We're not stationary people. We're always doing something. Mm-hmm. And the fact that... I've got 400 jobs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, which doesn't pay me anything, right. so... But effectively, we've worked through so many actual um, traumas and crises and everything mm-hmm. and just sort of powered through. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there are very few weeks where we don't have content to present. Very few. Because um, we did start in, I believe we started at either the end of a September or the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. And so 200 should be right about that time. Mm-hmm. It should be actually earlier. So we've missed like eight or nine episodes, probably. Right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pleased. I'm proud of us. Well, I, and I'm... we don't have a plan to stop. We also don't have a plan for season six. So, <laughs> you well, know. my plan. No, you're, my... we're not doing Christopher Lee's we're entire oof. Every single film Christopher Lee appeared in, which should take us to the year 2025, or perhaps when, you know, we're both on a space flight to Mars, that that could happen. Because he was in so many, he's still in movies, and he's been like super dead for years. He's so. been super, so, so, not just regular dead. <laughs> right. Because you can't just have a regular dead right. Christopher Lee because he will vampire. He will so come back. So you need to have him be super the dead. The Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula, all those, Fu Manchu, they all came back. So yeah, you can't get rid of that guy. He's amazing. Fu Manchu. Yes. He should not have played Fu Manchu. No one should have, but well, he definitely you know the shouldn't why... have. Although, do you really want an Asian man having to do right. that well, horrible... Sax Romer was his neighbor. I don't Sachs know Romer's, what that... No, you the say man that, who like, created Fu Manchu, his widow uh, was a neighbor. And so she was, like, kind of insisting he would be the best for the party. <laughs> so, yes, he played it with a great deal of... Uh, as much dignity as he could muster in his strange yellow face makeup. Which is to his credit, because they really wanted him to kind of ham it up and, you know, speak with broken English and things like that. Yeah. And he, so he, he tried very hard. But, yes, different world. Thank God it's over. A different world. Okay, no, we're not doing that. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> we are not doing that. All right. You want to talk about this episode? Uh, yes. Where some things I, I'm happened? I'm still stunned at our 200 episodes, but yes, absolutely. 
yeah, 200 episodes. I told you this before. I know, we but recorded the gravity of 200 episodes like... <laughs> has not had not hit me at the time. Sorry. All right. So we watched Chapel Wait, episode mm-hmm. four. Um, it is called The Promised, directed by Jeff Kosar and written by Declan Debara. Aired originally September 19th, 2021. And uh, we got some answers. We got some people who think that they know what's happening and then we find out what's really happening in the same episode, which is impressive mm-hmm. given some of the episodes of some of the series yes. that we have been watching. Right. By the way, I have to say I've enjoyed this so much more than Twin Peaks. But go ahead. I've, I'm enjoying this very much more than Lisey's story. Oh, Lisey's story. I've forgotten about that. Thank you very much for um, me. It's not that I... I don't want to say I didn't like it. Um, the issue, I didn't love the entirety of the experience because it, it was way too paced. long. <laughs> it was so and slowly paced. You could watch entire episodes. I remember looking at you at times when an episode was done and, and just Be like, like, how are we going to talk about right, this for an episode? There was like 10 minutes of content for an hour-long episode and then lots of sort of scenes of... Other. Really expensive Torture. and talented actresses. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. Just yeah. sort of, they were almost decorative at times. Yeah. Agreed. All right. This episode. We start in a prologue flashback. And it is 1871. And Stephen is a child. And silence. No, I'm sorry. I'm reading a thing and mm-hmm. it is clearly wrong. It says... In 1871, has Stephen and Philip Boone's mother silence. That's not how it works, Mm. because silence is Philip's mother. Philip is Stephen's father. I don't think we've got a my mother, my daughter situation, Mm. or a my sister, my daughter situation, which they have not introduced into the narrative. I'd like to caution the viewer that this episode is cleavage heavy. Yeah, it is. I believe that this is, we see a young Philip Boone, which does make sense. He would have been nearing 80 mm-hmm. when he walked into the sea. Right. Uh, this does take place 69 years before <laughs> Is that right? 1781 to 1850? I'm pretty, yeah, 69. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I thought I was making a, like... And, and she knows, ladies and gentlemen, that I have dyscalculia, yet she still asks. Well... 69, 96, same thing. Because I don't want to presume mm-hmm. that you don't know a thing. Right. That would be real reductive of me, wouldn't you say? <laughs> so, <laughs> I yes, it's 69 years prior. And we see silence. Uh, Philip is, I believe, practicing uh, an instrument. I can't remember what instrument. And... Silence is um, vividly hallucinating, pulling a tooth out and then pulling a worm out of the socket where the tooth had been, and then she comes back to herself, and the tooth is, of course, in place, and it feels very much like the time when our our protagonist, Charles, cut open his own nose to pull worms out of it. It's upsetting. And also... Not hereditary, but that's fine. It's fine. It's a supernatural show. We're going to just go with it. That's something we discussed. Um, 
there was that theory that things like this moved in families. Sure. Insanity moved. Anxiety, anxiety and the things that cause deep phobias absolutely Something can move in families. Something as specific as vermophobia, mm-hmm. <clears throat> as it's described here, is... You would... I, yeah. I 100% believe that Philip would have it, gotten it from silence. I believe that Stephen could get, could have had it received from Philip, just a shared delusion type situation. Um, I do not believe that Charles would have the same affliction because he was not raised right. that way. Now, did he come by it honestly when his father tried to bury him alive? Uh, may may mayhap mayhap that is what happened, and maybe that's just what I have to keep telling myself so I can stop going. It's not hereditary. Because <laughs> I keep doing that, and I'm like, and you do it just like this that. is it's a vampire hereditary. story. I need to go ahead and suspend some disbelief. Although when we're talking about actual um mental illnesses. I do, I am like, I'm not going to be able to suspend disbelief if you're going to call it an actual thing. So, we get back to the main, it's 1850 again, and Faith, the the consort of the current pastor and the mother of a baby, is hanging up some... Sorry, he's hanging out some laundry, and her name, they, we hear her name called on the wind. Faith, Faith. And she's like, what's that, what's that? And I'm looking at her, and I'm going, what's on her? Her, She's got like a, like a rash on her mm-hmm. chest. And then we see the same woman of the apple and the book from the previous couple of episodes. She had accosted Charles when he was on his horse. She had accosted Tane while he was in the... Barn, mm-hmm. and now she is basically accosting Faith and saying, "Hey, um, you're not going to get away. We're definitely coming get you. You owe your life to the Great Worm or whatever. And also, so the man that you're sleeping with is pretty hot, and now uh, we'll take him and the baby. Thanks. Right. Nom nom nom. Well, and then she disappears. In, in, um... No, the baby's going to get eaten by a big worm. Oh, okay. I thought you meant taken like they'd be joined in the, the cult of My worminess. My sense is that he'd be joined. That baby's munching. That, okay. that, that, baby, that baby is crunchy and good with ketchup. By the way, Apple Woman's has that same, and she has a wonderful quality. One of my favorite actresses, Barbara Steele, had it. Her eyes being, are 900 sizes well, bigger yes, than you think they would be? both hot and decaying at the same mm. time. It's really weird. She also has yeah. that, yes, that rash looking And we can thing. tell because she's sewing so much of her cleavage. And now we see Faith and she's outside. Uh-huh. She's got a pallor to her. Mm-hmm. Both of them seem uh, yeah, so um, just a skosh dead. Is the implication that Faith is dead? That is... Are we looking at a necrophilic relationship between her and the pastor? I would argue that no, we are not, because okay. for, for the same reason that I don't like using the word pedophilia in mm-hmm. in a in to just describe certain things, necrophilia is a very specific thing. Necrophilia means you want to have sex with a corpse. That's okay. what necrophilia is. I'm going to get real. The philia. You know what? I asked. The, yes, you did. So here we are. We're, we're, we're doing this, everybody. 
I'm going to steal from... Okay, we're doing Stephen King, and we're doing Stephen King's take on, like, Poe and Lovecraft. So, yes, necrophilia will come up. I'm gonna, Stop clutching those pearls. I'm, steal, I'm stealing something from Heaving bo- Bosoms, mm-hmm. which is Bing Boom Bong. <laughs> uh, accurate word definitions. But they have any. Words matter. <laughs> Words matter. Um, if you are a necrophilic... You want to have sex with a corpse. Many people, I don't know, many seems like a stretch. Some people who have that fetish uh, engage in it with a partner who either drugs themselves to be unconscious or pretends to be unconscious so that there's not a consent issue because a corpse can't consent. Yes. Um, And we... I'm not going to go into it. Something, something, abortion, something, something, anger. Okay. Um, And what I I presume, because I see Faith up and walking around and talking to the pastor, he is not interested in her because she is a corpse. I doubt he knows she is a corpse, which means this is not necrophilia. Per se. It is... If she's dead, because we don't know what take on vampirism this is. Correct. The old take on and here we have hey, to. Yes. Here's here's my corner. Let's wash it all out. Uh, of uh, of overinformed and far too much time on my hands. A lot of what we think of in terms of vampirism was created by Bram Stoker of from dozens of different uh, vampire myths. Mm-hmm. And there are ba- right. there are vampire myths on every continent, right? Exactly. Except the Antarctica. Yeah. Um, the penguins believe also in trouble. Penguins! <laughs> so, um, so a lot of what we... I remember when you were watching uh, Midnight Mass. Yes. There was this question about how well vampirism, those ideas fit into Christianity. Yeah. And really, it's the other way around. I, I Well, the idea is that Christianity existed and... Bram Stoker's version of vampirism attached itself to it, so it was okay. like the profane version of it. Right. Renfield is the profane John the Baptist. Okay. Dracula is the Antichrist. I mean, it's very explicit there. Okay. You know, because the same way that John the Baptist is eating locusts and wild honey, Renfield's eating fly, uh, uh, flies and whatever else. My master is coming. He's nah. he's doing it. He's picturing him as like this foreign invader who's also like the Antichrist. Gotcha. Which is a, a thread of it. So it's it's in there because it was written into it, but. His version of vampirism isn't the only way to take this. So of course it could not. very well be. There even, are twinkly vampires, y'all. Uh, Some of them are vegetarians. Even in <laughs> Bram Stoker's version of vampirism, a person isn't fully a vampire until they drink the blood of their vampire right. master. It's almost every version of mm-hmm. vampirism that I've seen, and I've seen quite a few, because mm-hmm. um, it is a mythology that I like, and I like alternate takes on it. There's the zombie debate, right? Mm-hmm. What's a zombie? Is just someone being sick a zombie, or do they have to be right. dead and resurrected? Like, all that stuff. And uh, I have my idea of what a zombie is, and that's a different thing. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But vampire... Um, I think there's a lot of interesting ways to do it. My mm-hmm. understanding is, though, typically... Your body has to die to be a vampire, right? Like, 
Well, yeah, if you're I, not going to yeah. be a full vampire until you have died and then and and ingested. Usually, it's right. death and then ingesting a of vampire a, a can parent kill you, vampire. Right, right. Mm-hmm. vampire can kill you just, by just draining your blood. Yep. Um, Oops, I was a snack. You can be initiated. Uh, this is from my extensive knowledge of Hammer films. Um, hmm. The which are based off these are all right. based off the Bram's the, the Dracula. Right. Um, is that you become a vampire if you ingest the blood of the vampire. And he kind of invites you to. Otherwise, you're just kind of like a juice bag. Yeah. Uh, yes. You're, you're a Capri Sun. I'm a Capri Sun. Blood. And so... Um, That's all I've ever wanted to be. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the... Like, he will extend this kind of life to people, but they're effectively... They're, they're not alive in the traditional right. sense of the word. And in, depending on the mythology, they mm. have only certain amounts of free will. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, they don't have a soul. There's different, a lot of times is, there's different uh, levels of like, almost like bees, right? There mm-hmm. are like worker bees, right. and then there are the ones that like maintain a modicum of humanity so that they can interface right. with the world. The daywalker versus... No, we're already versus... breaking the traditional mythology because they're wandering around in daylight, they're which in daylight. Bram Stoker's Dracula did do. Right. Well, and it's clear here, mm-hmm. um, It she says that you've given your blood to the master. Mm-hmm. So she, so this is what the, the girl, the woman, mm-hmm. the strange woman whose name we don't know, um, Apple Lady, uh says to Faith, you know, indicates that, that Faith has given her blood. So it is possible that there has not been an exchange. Right. So she's on the... She's still on the blood bag end of it. Mm-hmm. It's just not an all-at-once yeah. thing to j- j- drain her. And um, and the woman basically is like, there's nowhere you can go. Uh, you, you, so just bring your baby and your, your man to the master. It's, it's what's going to happen anyway. So you might right. as well just make it Easy on everybody. Uh, and we're going to have a conversation about that later. Uh, and then uh, Rebecca uh, goes to check on Charles, who is, I believe, shaving. So he's mm-hmm. up in his quarters. And she's like, so, hey, <laughs> you definitely kind of lost your damn mind. How are you? And he's like, yeah, so you had an overshare last episode, and I'm going to go ahead and have an overshare now because I have to explain some things, and that is that, so my dad uh, was an asshole who did try and kill me. I definitely remember looking into the open grave, and then he definitely did get shot and push me into it accidentally with his body. And also, I did go out to that uh, asylum... He did tell me that I was probably totally uh, a basket case, and I'm thinking about maybe going out there for an extended stay so that I do not become a danger to my children the way that my father was a danger to me. Because that is what Charles is mostly afraid of. He's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about his kids are in his care. They do not have another parent. And... He does not want to straight murder them the way that his father attempted to, attempted murder to him. kill yeah. him. Yes. So uh, he's sort of thinking we should do that. And that's when Tane comes running in and he's like, I found a hole. <laughs> Come look at this hole. And in the barn, there mm-hmm. is a 
trap door. Who doesn't love a trap door in a barn? And uh, this is when I started getting House of Leaves fears. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, what's going to happen under here? And also fun uh, sort of cutbacks to Castle Rock, so yeah. the season, second season Castle Rock, where we know under this town there are these this network of tunnels. Now, I can't seem to remember if that was a part of Salem's Lot, um, if the tunnels under the town, which I think oh. it was because in the original... The book was far too long ago for, yeah. for me to remember, but um, Barlow, was it the vampire? Yeah. Just uh, shows up in people's houses. Yeah, he just appears, yeah. And so either he's wandering around and he's not... He can maybe fly? We don't know if he can fly. Well, he, he doesn't have wings. As, as the vampire in the book, actually, is mm-hmm. very much like Christopher Lee. As a matter of yeah. fact, it might have been inspired by him. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising. Um yeah, because Stephen King That's an really, inspiring presence, and Stephen yes, King really does. Stephen yeah. King does like him. Um, and, and mentioned that was like what he thought of Dracula as like big and terrifying. But uh, the that vampire probably could walk around at night and be very intimidating and imposing, but still look like a person. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Tobe Hooper version, that thing is a walking nightmare and could never get around anywhere without people running and screaming. Yeah, yeah. And so it made more sense. Not even with tunnels. a jaunty hat or right. whatever. Yeah. And this vampire actually, when we do see him, is similar to that. They went with that monster vampire thing. It still looks like a human being, but it yeah. is a monster. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get okay, there. Okay, so we'll get we'll there. Get there. All right. Charles is like, all right, well, I'm I'm fucking going in. Give me a, give me a lantern mm-hmm. and maybe like a knife. Right. And uh, I'm going to go spelunking. And so he goes down, crawls through these tunnels, and then it ends up in a crawl spaces inside the walls. Mm. So now we know what he's been hearing. Not rats, not worms, but people? Yeah. Because he basically comes out into a sealed off, into the music room mm-hmm. that we had seen in the prologue. We're now watching people from, under the stairs. Well, the, yes, this is the other thing. Hey, guys, just a here's a life pro tip. Uh-huh. And this comes from a House of Leaves. It comes from this. It comes from people under the stairs um, and the boy. Mm-hmm. If you are gifted a home by a deceased relative, get those plants. Yeah. And uh, maybe do some measurements, walkthroughs. Make sure that all of the rooms <laughs> that you think are in the house, you have access to. Because this could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. So now this room is sealed off and it is uh, decrepit. Nobody, like, it's clearly been sealed off for decades. And uh, it is filled with slaughtered animals and bones. Mmm, delicious. So someone on the carnivore diet, no doubt. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> yes. <laughs> Long pig only. Um, Charles then comes back and he's like, uh, Stephen is alive. He's here, and he's clearly been living in the walls. He's alive and dead and living in our house. He's alive. Yes, he's alive. Well, no, he only thinks alive. He he figures. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't all the way dead. 
He was just mostly dead. He was mostly dead. Right. We all know that that is a thing that you can be mostly dead. I heard about it. Uh, And so he sends Rebecca off and to tell the constable what he's discovered. And meanwhile, we have a conversation between Faith and Mr. Preacher Man, Preacher Man Baby Daddy, Mm -hmm. uh, saying, "Mm, I'm going to need you to pack your shit and we need to go. Right. So he's following my life your advice, is being, right? Which is move out of town, uh, go somewhere else. Uh, well, he seems to say to her, "Yes, we will do that. I'm buying tickets. I swear." There's a scene later that makes me think maybe he's not going to do that, but we don't know yet. Uh, he gives the funeral for Susan Mallory, uh, where he does not refer to it as the Boone Plague, even though. He was pushed very hard by his father-in-law to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes and talks to his wife, Alice, who is sitting. <laughs> and I laughed at this on the show. She's sitting at the, si- uh, at the site of their children's graves. Both of their daughters were killed by this plague mm-hmm. ago, right? There is a bench by the side of this grave that they have placed, clearly because she likes to visit her children, mm-hmm. to sit comfortably so that she can mourn her children in peace. I'm going to sit and mourn today. She is sitting on the ground next to that bench, and I don't understand that choice. For a second, I literally thought she was sitting on the edge of the grave for Mm -hmm. Susan Mallory with her, like, feet dangling in, Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, that would be heinous. She's not doing that. No, no, no. She's just sitting on the ground at her children's um, gravestone, which, like I said, there's a bench Literally, like, she's touching it. It's that close to her. Sit on the bench. Um, that's fine. I, this is from a person who has trouble getting up. So maybe that's the issue. Like, I'm on the ground. Both. If I'm on the ground, I'm on the ground. Like, mm-hmm, we're, doing, we're doing it. So at that point, they have a conversation. And he said, you know, she says, I think that they are... Uh, estranged from your heart, I think is how she puts it. And he's like, no, like I think about them every day. Like I, I, I love them. And she says, well, am I estranged from your heart? And he says, no. And I'm like, Oh no. Yes, she is. Oh no. He lied to her. And also I think he lied to his other lady. And I think he's not going to leave. Maybe he's just a lying liar who lies. I mean, he definitely is a pastor who had a baby out of wedlock with the corpse. So he's got some complications. (laughs) He needs to work there. So he doesn't. He at least doesn't work up the courage to say, uh, "I'm I'm fixing a bounce." Well, he can't tell her that either. He, I think he and was I going to. I think there's well, some danger to. I, I think it might. He be needs to leave under cover of darkness in, in and not say anything. Uh, of the you know accidentally necrophilic pastor, I believe that um, <laughs> that he is seeing the easy the ease with which the townspeople here resort to violence that it probably is better for him and his mistress to pretend like nothing is going on. No. Yeah, they just need to I just, mean, because in undercover of night, perfect, just leave. It really? Although, honestly, don't go towards Chapelway, because uh, undercover uh, cover of night towards Chapelway, you're going to get your throat slit, right, and you're going to get flat thing, out. People disappear from that town all the time. All the time. So oh, yeah, it's just like, true. oh, okay, just another disappearance. 
I'm sure people would understand what had happened when they leave together. But also, it doesn't matter because they'll be gone. Oh, they're all doomed. Everyone that you, everyone in this show everyone is, is going to die. Everyone, you're all going to die down here. It's, there's no you're getting out. You're all going to die down here. Oh, I want to watch a Resident Evil movie. Okay, anyways. Uh, we do... We then go back to Chapel Wait, where we get a scene, uh, just a, a shot of Charles just in the in the room, in the music room with a knife, just like mm-hmm. waiting. And then we see Abel. Poor um, Abel. Poor Abel and poor Honor. And Abel's there and he's like trying to be cool and trying to be supportive. And Honor's like, I'm so sorry. Did I embarrass you? Like, what did I do? Because she tried to kiss him last time, and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he was like, yeah, so here's the deal. You're a white woman. I can't kiss you. They will hang me. That is what would happen. And she's like, ooh, right. Don't know how to. It is illegal, I believe, in 1850 for them to be together, which is dumb and stupid both of those things. So that, I think... Um, he's also got... He's like, okay, the whole town hates your family. Mm-hmm. They definitely don't love me. You know, I, I cannot give them a reason to literally light my ass on fire. Because right. that, I don't... I can't. There's I all have, kinds of monsters I have a town. very fine line that I need to walk every day of my life just mm. to fucking survive. And as much as I would like to spend some time making out with you because you are hot, I cannot do that. Aren't you glad that things have changed so much? Yes, they would have such beautiful babies. I was being sarcastic. Things have not changed very much. Things have changed. Not as much as one would hope. <laughs> um, Rebecca finally gets over to Preacher's Corners and... Uh, she goes to the constable's house because she's looking for the constable, if you'll recall. And what she finds instead is Mary being uh e- eaten. Oh no. The constable's wife, who is suffering from the plague, <laughs> is being fed on by one Philip Boone who does run away. And she chases him, which is wild. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you saw what just happened. You did see his dead body. No, you never saw his dead body. Nope, Excuse me. He walked into the sea. I forgot. Uh, Maybe he was just fishing. <laughs> with his Maybe he was really bad at it. <laughs> Maybe he was. Just going to grab a fish with my bare hands. Yes. So he runs. Well, she, she chases this figure, and mm. he runs and turns, and then she sees it's Philip. And then the constable comes running up, and she's like, I just saw Philip Boone attacking your wife. Mm. Uh, And then he doesn't believe her, but he does go to check on his wife, which, that's good. And then Rebecca runs to her mother's uh, boarding house, which is where Faith is staying, it turns Mm. out. I was wondering where she was, because she was outside of this big house, and I'm like, she has no job. Yeah. How is she uh, uh, living in this house? But that's, she's, I think, staying even, not even in the main house. When we see her in an, having a conversation with the pastor, uh-huh. she's in what looks like an outbuilding. But now she's in the boarding house in the main room. 
And uh, Rebecca goes to warn her mother and Faith about what she saw. She's like, you need to lock your doors. He saw me. He's going to come after me. So he's going to come after you. So you need to lock your doors and get your gun. Where's dad's gun? Because you aren't going to need to shoot this man if he shows up. Because he's already dead. It's like a double jeopardy situation, right? Uh, And then... We see the constable trying to, like, calm Mary down, who is clearly having some issues. She's going full... What's her name? What's the woman in in uh, Dracula once she, like... Does, Mina? Does when Mina ever, like, totally get fully Bride of, Bride of Dracula? Right. She does, yeah. So that's basically what's happening here. No, wait. Is it Mina or is it Lucy? I think it's Lucy that I'm thinking yeah. of, yeah. Um... I do want to say something here. Well, we've seen Philip now. And I want to talk about the vampire teeth because I'm a fan. Oh, he does find bites right, you know, right behind mm-hmm. her ear. Which is a great place to put them because no one can see them there. In that typical vampire space. Now, what appears to be, it's not the canines in this one. Mm-hmm. It's the two front teeth right. that kind of grow towards each other. So there's these little hook, little hook fangs in the front, right. which I like i like that design it makes it explicit but in a different like a non-standard way mm-hmm. um i also would argue that it makes sense in terms of feeding to do that right um they also almost look hollow like they don't look fully well, solid some consideration was given Right. Or how this would operate. So I'm wondering if there's a venom situation or if they act as straws. (laughs) That's it. I'm always curious about the the vampire, how the. It seems like you'd lose a lot of food Mm. the way that a lot of vampires and a lot of media eat. I'm just like, if you're solely subsisting on blood, I feel like you'd be neater about it. Mm. I liked in an interview with the vampire. They were usually very neat about it. There wasn't a lot of waste, a lot of blood on the outfit or whatever. That's a weird thing. But, like, if that's your food, you're not going to just be like... I guess I can dribble it all over. When I'm drinking a Capri Sun, I don't just squeeze it from the middle and catch what comes out. (laughs) There's a straw. There's, like, you know... I was wondering if it was supposed to be, like, capillary action. Yeah, maybe I stick your teeth in there and the blood pulsing because I mean, if you cut your carotid, your femoral, it's it's gonna gonna keep pumping. It's gonna be pumping. Yeah, that is true. And your heart's gonna keep pumping until you know all the blood's gone, and then eventually you're sucking the blood out. Yeah, it's the dregs. Yeah, probably not the good stuff either. No, no, not at all. So then we have a last, and I think it's one last scene. Yeah, it's one last scene. And we're back in Chapelway, and it's it's surrounding surrounding Loa, who has now gotten her necklace back. We don't know how it appeared. Uh, the last we saw, it had been torn asunder from her chest or from her neck at school, uh-huh. and then the um, like little tin of shells went missing. And now she has it back, and we don't know how. And she's lighting the gaslight torches around Chapelway, or, or Chapelway, which was funny because I was like, this dude's literally gaslighting her right now. So she's turning up the lights and then he's coming around. Then we see Steven 
coming around and turning them down. And I'm like, he's literally gaslighting her right now. And he asks her about her necklace. They are staying nicely away from each other on this landing. There's a stairway, well, in the middle of it, like the staircase coming up. So she stays away from him, but she is intrigued by him. And he's intrigued by her necklace. Um, But then he's basically like, "Uh, I can reunite you with your mom. Right. And then Charles bursts in and is like, uh, you need to leave my fucking house and leave my daughter alone. And Stephen's like, you need to find your dad's or my dad's book. You need to find this book that everybody has told the you. The book that would lift the curse against them. Yeah. And then Charles uh, goes ahead and does shoot Stephen in the face. In the face. In the face. But it doesn't really matter because he definitely does heal. And then he vanishes into darkness because he's a vampire. And that's well, he goes through a window first. Well, yeah. He falls two stories. And this that's is true. And then he visually and then he re- recollects, I think, Halloween. It you know, is. They Myers look back and he's not there. Yeah, he's not there. Where did he like, go? Yeah. And then they, before they can really even sort of grapple with what's going on. Mm-hmm. A bunch of these cult members led by Apple Lady, but there's a bunch of, there's like 15, mm-hmm. 20 of them, all in what appear to be underclothes, right? Mm-hmm. Like linen shifts and and things like that. Nobody's like, quote unquote, fully dressed. Right, <laughs> what I would exactly. say. Nobody could walk into a church in what they're wearing. I don't think they're interested in that anyway, but I'm just saying. Yeah, that might be problematic. <laughs> And they call themselves the promised. So presumably they've promised themselves by dint of giving their blood to right. something. I'm going to guess giant worm, but I don't know. Um, they say that Charles has to go visit the nearby settlement of <gasps> Jerusalem slot. That's familiar. We heard of that before. And meet with a man named Jacob. And then she straight kills a dude in front of her just to say, just to show that they are of one mind. One is not more important than any others. In other words, if you want to fire your gun at us, it won't matter. We're going to keep coming, right? Uh, And then she fucking, they bounce. And that's the end of the episode. So that... All of that happened. There's a lot of stuff that happened. It was. Um, we got some questions. We got some answers. Who's Jacob? What's that? We're going to Jerusalem Slot next episode. That's exciting. Um, which is actually perfect because you found an audio version of the short story Jerusalem Slot, which is what this is based on. Mm-hmm. That uh, we I want to listen to before our next episode. Okay. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. It's, I guess you said it's all. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show mm-hmm. notes. It's uh, on YouTube, which is why I didn't listen to it. I had time to listen to it in the car. Right. Can't listen to YouTube in the car. So uh, the next episode we are going to be watching is episode five. It's called The Prophet. Is that Jacob? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and we're going to be halfway through at the end of next episode. Wow. Halfway through. There's a lot of story here. A lot of story. Mm-hmm. Um. I like the way that they're doing. They're doing some flashbacks. Um, 
in a smart way, not too long. Uh, like previously in this location, this happened. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like weird things where it's like, how is she remembering her husband's childhood? Like, what's that about? Um, I'm really leaning against Lucy's story, and I feel bad, but also they did that. I liked, I don't know, I don't know. I, You're so I do conflicted. Feel it's I so am. sad to hear you fight with yourself. I it. just don't want to say I didn't like it, because I liked things in it. Right. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> I think that's the fairest description of it. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. So, uh, next week, The Prophet, episode five. We'll also talk about the Jerusalem Slot short story on which this whole thing is based. Um, not spoilers, though. We're mm. not going no. well, to talk spoilers. Mm. Although, now do you know? Is it markedly different than markedly what's it? Okay, good. Because... Okay. Um, I don't really want to be spoiled for the show. I'm right. enjoying... I, I, cannot, I am very much enjoying the watch of this show. I cannot see, because I, I did listen to it. You don't um, see where how they're going to end the up in the same place? Any point. Okay. So, yeah. That's interesting. And, yeah. Once again, we'll have a conversation about adaptation and what, what, that, what that be and do. Mm. All right. So, next week is The Prophet. But before we go get there... Is there anything that you saw this week? I'm going to ask you first. <laughs> you're going to let me do it? Yes, I want you to do it because I always go first and then I want to choose Stealing what you're going to choose. And, yeah. Y'all, we watched Shang-Chi, The Legend of Ten Rings. It's gone to Disney+. Plus. We didn't see it in the theater. It's the first time we've sent a Marvel thing out of order, so that's a big deal. Uh, it is, I'm going to go ahead and say, my favorite Marvel movie. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, was I pretty intoxicated when we were watching it? Absolutely. Was it cool to see San Francisco? Absolutely. Uh, I What I think I liked the best about the whole of it uh -huh. was that they incorporated the Chinese-style wire work martial mm -hmm. arts into a Marvel movie. Right. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to see mm -hmm. scenes that could have been straight out of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon right. in a Marvel film. And I thought it was fucking rad that they did that. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Uh, the whole the whole movie I thought was super enjoyable. We had seen The Eternals, uh, I think, the week before mm -hmm. and I didn't I had some issues with specifically like villains multiple villains right. and what ended up being the conflict that they resolved and what ended up kind of getting dropped and I, I thought there were some issues there I did not have that issue with this movie I thought it was um, well thread through the whole thing I thought the I really like the pair of characters that we got here. Mm -hmm. And I guess Aquafina's character is not a Marvel character. It, she is she is made for the MCU. She was she was created for the MCU. So who knows what she's going to end up being. Right. Um, my sense is that she's going to be um, a Doctor Strange Wong situation because mm -hmm. those, they were people. They were just right. people, right? They didn't have 
Yeah, you, we did talk about this. Doctor Strange has an eidetic memory, mm-hmm. so it made him get to where he was going faster. But we've already been introduced to, to Aquafina's character as um, Katie. Her name is in the movie. As she's got an honors degree from Berkeley, she's not right. a slouch, right? And she was. I like the way that she's they handled. Not a slouch. She's a little bit of a slacker, though. She like is she, a little bit of a slacker, yeah. but then. We see her legitimately practicing archery Mm -hmm. and getting to a point where I believe what she did in the movie is a thing that she could have gotten to in the amount of time that she was given with the amount of intensive training and and like you have to do this thing like it's important that you do this one thing right now Mm -hmm. just don't fuck it up and I, I feel like. I believed it. It didn't feel like a quote-unquote Mary Sue, which is mm. not a term that I like at all. But, uh, yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. And also, I think we got to the end of it and figured out that it was uh, basically your perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yes. you need, you what is it, dinosaurs, uh-huh. which dragons count. <laughs> but yes, there's a, kaiju there's, counts. There right? is a whole kind of like Harryhausen kaiju sort of flavor to the climax yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Right. Dancing Girls, which we um we likened the wire work fights right. to Dancing Girls because Yes, it, it, one they were dancing and fighting at the same it's time. Very, the Bagua is being used and it's very much like a dance. And martial arts, which yes. is all over the place. Right. So those those are your trifecta for a perfect film mm-hmm. and this one yes. really paid off on all of Qualified those. Qualified on every uh, count. On every yeah. count. So yeah, so that is what what I would recommend if you haven't seen it, if you haven't been sure if you didn't want to see it in a theater it's on disney plus i cannot recommend it highly enough it's i it was a completely enjoyable watch like it was fun mm-hmm. it does have the uh oh the whole ass universe might end right now right thing that marvel movies tend to do which is not my favorite like i like the ant-man movies because it's a mm-hmm. small right. bad thing like a like a really bad thing, well, but like kind a of small thing. I, I think consistently the best Marvel character in terms of movies was Captain America. First, because the first mm-hmm. conflict he has is with the Nazis. Nazis, which is right? But which are a big bad thing, right. but not a universe. Ending but the bad whole thing. conflict with Hydra was interesting because it wasn't done on a scale where it's outright war yes. with Hydra. Right. It's but like, also again, who's also an agent, again, who's not an agent? It's the it's an right. earthbound thing. Right. It's but not I mean, the on top of that, universe. it's like the world won't fail if Hydra wins, but the world will be distorted if Hydra wins. And so it's kind of like there's a conflict there with not knowing who's your ally, with not knowing who's your friend. Is this person's temporarily on my side is this person not on my side wait this was my best friend and now he's trying to kill me and i think that's what there were so many more emotional stakes there rather than having a cgi villain effectively um and what was really good about shang chi and i the comic book was amazing and i think i mentioned that before it was wild and weird and there was a lot of wild stuff going for it so i i knew that they could not do what they did there you're not going to get the story of the son of Fu Manchu and no. how he is going to... And they to, know, they don't even use the name they, Fu Manchu. They don't use the name they Fu Manchu. Just, they rely on Mandarin. Oh, that was the other thing. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, 
we had Ben Kingsley back, and right. you thought he was only going to be in it for like five minutes, no, and no, he no, is no. not. He's a character, and he, he has a conversation. <laughs> You're like, I can't believe they brought him back for right. a five-minute thing, and then he continued to be well, in it. So, there but is, there's fun magic. Right. There's foo lions. Right. It was. There's a, What I liked is that it was very much like. Um, like Black Panther, only it took yeah. it a step further in that when they cross over into this other world, you get to see all the Asian m- m- creatures, the mm-hmm. creatures that inhabit that mythology, and they're so radically different yeah. from what we have in the West or what we visualize, these sort of creatures. There's dragons and... The, and yeah, an Eastern Phoenixes dragon and, and a Western dragon are different. Very different. Um, but um, you get to see a lot of these characters that I've read stories about, like, oh, how would you realize that? That's what it looks like. It has several wings and many legs and no face, and it just rolls up in a puffball and, and flies around and crawls, and, and it was very weird. But there was a lot of interesting realizations of creatures that I'd only seen. I think Miyazaki has attempted to do it. But this was a big-scale film it's very un, un unapologetic about what its origins are and what its story is mm-hmm. and it also has a lot of chemistry between the leads um yes and that was a and big we deal. were both we were and i it's actually, i'm excited to see where they go with this mm-hmm. because these are people who have been friends f- since high school right, right. so over 10 years mm-hmm very close best best friends. Right. But clearly no romance beforehand. Right. And now it looks like they're going to be a couple. This is two Asian people mm-hmm. who are going to maybe be in a relationship with each other. Either way, I'm fine with them staying in a platonic uh-huh. in a platonic relationship or being in a romantic relationship. I'm curious to see what they're going to do and I'm excited well, to see it either way. How do you actually have that feeling when you're watching these films? Generally they're very pre-digested and they come out and make this presentation to the public, and it's sort of just yeah, it's I'm, I'm already thought out for you. It's 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 sort of a thing where I I'm of so almost of two minds about it because I do feel like if these were white people, we would have had a kiss scene, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid that we didn't have it because we have an Asian male lead, and we don't let Asian males kick our asses and kiss women at the same time. Right. Um, so I'm afraid that that's where, what was happening, but I hope it was just their relationship is evolving, right? And they don't know what it is. And maybe they don't need us to know what it is yet uh, in like a real organic situation. Who's the actor playing? He has a lot of chemistry with Aquafina, which is funny because I, I, you know, at the end of it, I'm going, my God, she's come such a far away from... My badge is better than yours. Um, They have a lot of chemistry together. There's some really funny moments where Katie, the character she plays, is like overly protective of him. Mm -hmm. The entire fight on the bus, which is really well done. Love that fight. Is starts because somebody bops her in the head and then he just clicks. He's been trying to hide the fact that he's a master assassin 
this entire time. Yeah, and that's, that's right. That's what his trigger is. Yeah. Is the fact that somebody touches her. Yeah. And then, but um, not then, in like a that's mine, don't touch no, her kind no, of way. Like, how dare you hit Just Katie? Just in a, yeah, don't, you but don't do that. The, uh, the other thing that happens, it's sort of the opposite side of that, is the first time he goes into this battle ring, her jaw literally drops when she sees him without his shirt mm-hmm. on. Like, that's been my friend for 10 years. I didn't know he was I did not packing know all this equipment. All you know, those like, abs. Right. He's so got abs on top of his abs. There are like 19 of them in there. <laughs> There's a lot of so there was, abs it was happening. It's kind of funny watching. Uh, but then she's not weird or gross about it. Right. There is that little bit of like, oh, damn. But it had a, like, it, it had some of the, uh, the Also, that, like. He's like, I gotta go save my. I gotta go to Macau because my sister. Right. After he tells her all of this stuff that about who, where he came from and stuff, and she's like, "Tell me about it on the plane." Yeah. And he's like, "You can't come with me." And she's like, "Tell me about it on the fucking plane." There's literally nothing that you're gonna do. Like, they are truest, in the truest sense, ride or die. Mm -hmm. She is ride or die for him. Yeah. And I think that's cool as hell. It was you don't see that, and I think the 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 closest you've seen to because the MCU has a lot of characters that don't necessarily have the chemistry that they should. Um, if they're thinking of making them a couple, yes. Mark Ruffalo and <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson, uh, which I mean, I'm not just a person who doesn't feel like Scarlett Johansson has chemistry uh-huh. with anyone, well, not she, because she is. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. She can, but I think the thing is that it has to, there has to be some sort of level where the two of them get along really well. In the yeah. sense, I got along this from Aquafina and Simulu. Yes. I got it from Haley Atwell and um, oh, Chris Evans. Chris 100%. Evans. 100%. Yeah. Which, uh, to me, the funny scene when he first comes out of the. Um, it was she's like keeps touching on him. <laughs> right. He's like, like, his scrawniness is gone and he's like, oh. Yeah, and she's just Chris like, Evans and she's knows. like, I got a touch on your pecs, like, like it was way more than you improvised, might think. Apparently, yeah. Is that she just? I'm sorry. Saw him. Have you, you know, seen him? Pumped up and and oiled up at the same time, and that she couldn't resist the urge to just sort of like touch him like, on the chest that... and then got embarrassed. Like, have you been hiding that all this time? Yeah. And so that kind of parallels it. And I'm like, oh, and that he's was like, yeah, they made me. <laughs> right, I had I had to do this. Yeah. But um, but anyhow, yeah, it was just really fun watching the chemistry of the couple. It was really fun watching this realization of an Asian fantasy world, which you don't get that mm-hmm. much. If you had grown up watching the Shaw Brothers movies, the yeah. 36 Chambers of Shaolin, yeah. or watching Bruce Lee's films, which really informed the comic book, you know, Masters of Kung Fu, it pays tribute to all of that, too. Yeah. And, and there's particularly the scene between the meeting of his mother and father is such a Hong Kong kind of scene. He's doing Choi Li Fat or something, and she's doing, like, Bagwan. Yeah, and I've never seen mm-hmm. that. I would never have guessed I would see that in a Marvel movie. Right. And I love that I and saw so it in a Marvel movie. what it movie. is, to me, is that it was so much more respectful than Iron Fist. Yeah, Where you yeah. basically Iron had Fist an actor who had no martial arts experience. You give him a no couple sense. of weeks and throw him into it. They they could and, have gotten yeah. a real martial artist. And I don't... And you, and you know what else it. I like is... Right. I feel like... Was it Simu? Yes. I feel like he saw Iron Man when he was right. 13. Yeah. And was like... They could make a Shang-Chi movie and I'm going to make it so that it's only me that they right. can cast. And I know when they did announce mm-hmm. that they were going to do it, he... Late, he lobbied hard for it, 
But I do think when he was that age, he saw that and he was like, that's going to be me and I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to train for 10 years. Right. So that there's no one, no one else is going to be the right age. Because right. he knew that there was, like, he had at least a decade yeah. before they were going to put an Asian American man in, in the front of a Marvel movie. But he, he, he was like, he saw that goal. And I don't know if that's a particularly Asian, yeah. you know, thing to just be like, no, I'm aiming at it. And I'm going to, you know, because you see, like, he's memed himself right. of, from those stock photos because he was a model. Uh-huh. He's been acting. He's been doing martial arts. He's been making, you know, getting along on this low level also so that when this big thing happens, he can also say, and I'm a, and yeah. I'm not, nobody knows who I am. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not famous. He, he I feel like he positioned himself so well. And then they saw that and capitalized on it. And I think it can only be good for both of them. Yeah, and I, what I should also go on to say is that aside from Ben Kingsley, Michelle Yao is in the movie. Of course she is. Which is that she's played two Marvel char- two different Marvel characters. That's true. Which is interesting. Um, and Tony Leung is the villain, and that's he's somebody true. that has had a very that's long who career. That was. Okay, so I do know who he is, and yeah. I didn't recognize him in this, and that's on me. You know what else I liked? Uh, the casting. Honestly, yeah. the mom and dad would make the daughter and the son. Yeah. And the that they look related. Like, they really do look like a family. And I'm not just saying that because I think Asians all look the same. I'm saying that because I don't think Asians all look the same. And I think these people look like a family. And Marvel could have just totally ignored that as well. He's an actor who I've liked for a long time. Hard Boiled. Okay. Which is one of my favorite action movies of all time. Lots of shooting, lots of... It's very funny. But also The Grandmaster, uh, which is a film that uh, that I remember seeing in a theater and just being stunned by how beautiful it was. And so, uh, yeah, I like it when you're doing a martial arts movie and you're taking the martial arts really seriously. Um, and this film did that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I really did. It was um, it was a lot of fun. It didn't lose track, and I've heard complaints that oh, lost track of the, the human characters. It didn't. No, I disagree with that. And the, the that thing feels is, like you're literally looking mm-hmm. for something to complain about. Right. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that would totally be my choice. I've oh, seen well, some, it's the same. I, I've seen some good things this week. We've had a good week for movies. Yeah. And we're going to have a good weekend for movies, I think. But uh, actually, I really do appreciate this film. I, I think that it really is. There's so much. And we were watching uh, it with our roommate, uh-huh. who's Japanese and Chinese. She also thinks it's her right. favorite one. And not just because of the cultural Well, she had the thing. same thing that, that we did, which is that she got giggly over just seeing the realization of things that you'd only heard about before. You know, it, it's yeah. if you're in... They, I was because like, of, fool lions. Right. There are fool lions in this. Because of martial arts, I've been sort of in this culture for a long time. So to me, it was like, oh my God, that was really respectful of the culture. They really did that really well. And it's just having an Asian director who's able to cue into, we're not going to do an outsider's view of this culture. We're going to do things that make perfect sense inside the culture. I mean, there was the joke that 
how more Asian can the story be? It's about disappointing your father and about your family responsibilities. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what the story's about. Your father's upset with you because he didn't continue in the family profession. Um, in this case, which happens to be assassination. And I should be, I should be more specific. They're Chinese guardian lions right. is what they are. They're cool as hell. Yes, beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful realization, and also seeing. I, and yeah, they go uh -huh. into this sort of other world that is very much like a thing that we've seen in Agents of Shield. Um, what I would argue, some of the uh, the places where Doctor Strange's right. people are, um, th that magical thing, and we do have we get Wong in this movie, right. um, and the abomination. Funny. Yeah, apropos of nothing. <laughs> nothing really. He's got a. He's got word fish things. Um, and there are all of these mythical creatures that right. are... Oh, the um, nine-tailed foxes. foxes yes. um, which we had seen in... Lovecraft Country. Is it Lovecraft Country? Yeah. One of the characters turns out to be a nine-tailed fox, and this is the it reason It was Lovecraft Country. I was thinking for some reason of, that it was in The Terror, but you're yeah, absolutely right. The advantage of the other supernatural creatures is that they have, you know, a very powerful supernatural creature in it Yeah, that acts in their favor. That's um, true. But, uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really fun movie, and I think that the fact that they include just how wild and strange and beautiful this fantasy world is and then there's a flying dragon. Then there's dragons. Right. Which is a really amazing and a, thing to realize. And a heinous nightmare creature that right. comes out of the darkness. Dragon scales yeah. being used as weapons. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was I really liked it. I really, really liked it. Okay. So that's gonna be yours too. Mm -hmm. We're just gonna do Shang-Chi. Yes. Okay. Also, the shit she gives him about changing his name is fucking funny. Yeah, there's some scenes where she's just, and I'm, I'm thinking they probably provide some outright comedy from her. Maybe she has wonderful timing. She she's does. Very, very funny. She's very funny. Yeah. She's got a really good. I love her voice very much, and uh -huh. um, a lot of people. Not a lot of people. I say a lot of people. It was probably two people, and then it was blown up by the internet. Um, quote-unquote, boycotted this because of her. Really? Because they say that she, she... She gave an interview once about how she won't do an accent. Right. Like a broken English accent, uh, Asian accent. Right. Because she thinks it's a stereotype and she doesn't want to do it. But people turn around and were like, well, you rap with a black set. And I would argue that Bitch was born and raised in Queens, and she sounds like somebody that was born and raised in Queens. It right. feels to me very much like the Raphael Cassell um, character in uh, Blind Spotting, right. who sounds quote unquote quote unquote sounds black, right. but he doesn't. He sounds like he was born and raised in Oakland, California. Which I mean, as careful as I try to be. Um it comes out when mm -hmm. I speak because all the time. it is your colloquial native language or, right. and speech the patterns. It's the way that, the way that you were raised around. Right. It's, it's very funny. So every once in a while, I go to mom's. I haven't seen somebody in a minute. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. stuff like that comes so, out. So when know? people say that, I'm like, okay, you are being problematic on two fronts. One, you think only black people can sound like that, mm -hmm. and and that or that only black people should sound like that, right? And two, 
that Asian people shouldn't sound like that. So, by that logic, then, do we complain when an English-speaking opera singer sings an Italian or German opera, if they're performing in character in this part? Well, and it's, it, that's a different thing. But because I think it's akin to it, though. It's just sort of like, if you're performing in this, this part, and again, she also has the excuse of this being the way that she learned. Wait. Yeah, and, but what I'm saying, mm. but but what I'm saying is actually something sort of the opposite of that. Mm. It's more like being mad that a. Mm, it's more like being mad if a. An ethnically Chinese person born and raised in Italy, mm-hmm. speaking Italian, becomes an opera singer in Italian. Right. Well, she shouldn't sound like that. Well, why not? Yeah. Just because you're ethnically one thing doesn't mean that that informs every part of your identity, speech patterns, history, context, any of that stuff. She's from Queens. She sounds like that because everybody from Queens sounds like that. You want her to have a broken English Asian accent. Deciding what people should sound like. But also, yeah, Yeah. the fact that there's a quote-unquote black set. No, Mm -hmm. you're used to hearing black people from that area, from that area speak, Mm -hmm. and so you've decided that that's how black people sound. Mm -hmm. Which is also like saying, "Well, I can tell if you're black on the phone." No, fuck, you can't. Not everybody. And uh, that's the other. What was not blind spotting? The other Oakland face is sorry to bother you. Right. Had yes. uh, that. Which is a very strange and very strange. interesting movie. All right, so I'll leave that there. But uh, yeah, so that that was a, I think hyped up. Yeah, there's going to be somebody. There has to be an excuse yeah. for why people didn't want to watch the movie, and even if they're Marvel fans, and it's interesting how much of resistance gets met with the Eternals with yeah this movie. And I would I I would argue that there are flaws with the Eternals. Right. I don't think. People want to call it a galactic level failure. No, it is not. It mm-hmm. has similar issues to, I'd say, fifty percent of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. The, the mean, issues that I have with them. The, it seems like the what it's whether it's the Eternals mm-hmm. or the Eternals mm-hmm. or Captain Marvel. The Internals. Well, yeah. Um, there's just a resistance every time this opens up to be a. Not straight white man movie, right? And so, yeah, that that's kind of and that and kind they of had a, a similar thing right. with Black Panther, but it wasn't so overt because fucking try me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie was that movie was incredible too. Mm-hmm. I and think so, those are you know in certainly in my top five, both Shang Chi right. and Black Panther are there yeah. solidly. They're probably my pop, top two, but I haven't really given a thought to the rankings of the right. Marvel movies in a while. There's but, so many of them. But the enjoyable watch of mm-hmm. Shang-Chi moved it right the yeah. fuck to the top. And and to a point where I'm like, I would watch that shit again this afternoon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that's how I feel about it. Next week, we're going to watch The Prophet and talk about the short story. In the meantime, this drops on Thanksgiving. So we're thankful for you for listening to us for 200 episodes. Yes. Uh, and we're thankful for the stolen land we're on. And also check out our other podcast. We we are dropping a Without Work this week as well about the quote-unquote Christian nature 
of Thanksgiving. So that's... Well, well that works is about the, the quote-unquote Christian nature of everything. Of everything, right. Mind you, please, I am a Christian. Amity is not. We approach it from a, a different uh, aspect. So it's not critical of Christianity as much as it's critical of Christianism. Okay. The people who call themselves Christian right. and clearly are not aren't. playing the part, no. Yes, we take fundamentalism to church. I like our tagline. <laughs> uh, okay, if you have questions or comments or concerns or ideas for season six, y'all, uh, email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook, latecomerspod in the search bar, or you can find us on Twitter at latecomerspod. Until next time, I would like to remind you take your medicine and we would like to remind you better late late than than never. never happy thanksgiving everyone